I want to thank Matthew Stafford for doing something he's never done in his career. We give a round of applause to Matthew Stafford, please. Thank you, Matt. Uh, in fact, I think I actually have. Let me one second here. Let me just kill a little time. Talk some nonsense. Can I get another round of applause for Matthew Stafford, please? Matthew Stafford, you did it, baby. He was 0 for 17. 0 for 17 versus teams that were five or more games above 500. He had a 10 and 69. Nice. (laughs) Record versus teams with a winning record. He was 4 of 33 on the road versus teams with a a winning record. And last night, Matthew Stafford goes in to Arizona. And takes down the Cardinals, 30-23, to therefore cementing the Green Bay Packers as the number one seed in the NFC. It's theirs to lose. You're the man, Matt. Let's go, Matt. You're the man, baby. You did it, bud. You're my boy, Matt. You're my boy, Blue. I'm glad you're out of Detroit, baby. Let's go. Let's effing go. Packers and uh, Aaron Rodgers beat you too, by the way. So, uh, hell, hell yeah. yeah. Hell so there yeah. you go. With that, the Green Bay Packers, your Green Bay Packers, the 13-time NFL champions, are now number one in the NFC. RJ, if the playoffs started today, they'd have a bye. <laughs> How about the that? only bye. The, o- the only bye. I've been, do we really want them having the bye? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You know, yeah. they always come out. I always like to say this. Packers had to go on the road yeah. every single game in 2010-2011 and win the NFL, the yeah. Vince Lombardi Trophy. But, RJ, we, uh, man, no, they, you'd, you'd want the buy. Get that fractured pinky toe a little better. Hopefully David Bakhtiari gets some more time. Well, no matter what, it's going to be time off. <laughs> Billy Turner, you know, doesn't have to play fast. You know, and they got Jerry Alexander waiting in the wings. We'll talk injuries coming up for the Green Bay Packers. Yes. But I just wanted to give Matt Stafford a little round of applause and tell him, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Uh, the second seed belongs to Tampa Bay. They would take on, if the playoffs started today, the seven-seeded Washington football team. The three-seed now belongs to the Arizona Cardinals. They would take on the six-seeded San Francisco 49ers. The fourth seed belongs to Weedem Boys, America's team, fronted by America's coach, Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. And they would host the fifth-seeded the aforementioned Matt Stafford he, and the Los Angeles Rams. He is still trying to lose games for them. Who, Big Mike? Yeah. Man, that was a wild game against the football team, wasn't I mean, it? Let's, let's say you have like a double-digit lead that's going to be hard to come back from if you leave a team with little time to run plays. Say run the ball. Run the ball. You Zeke, have Ezekiel Elliott. Knees a little banged up. Also, Dak Prescott didn't do any due diligence when he threw a really egregious pick to let uh, Washington, I think it was a pick six, but, if I remember correctly. Like what, what are McCarthy and Kellen Moore doing? I don't know. They're like, nine and four, though. Both of I know, but it's Scott Tolzien's there too. There's more games that look like they're trying to lose, yeah, than they're actively trying to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good, good on them for being nine and four. But Agreed. still, there's games you watch, and it's like you shouldn't be nine and four the way you're coaching. No. This is horrible. No, it's terrible. The Packers now have their sights. For more good news to continue on as they can clinch the NFC North if they beat the Ravens or if the Vikings lose to the Bears and if the Vikings beat the Bears, the Packers can still clinch a playoff spot if the Saints and 49ers both lose. But looking at it, 
the number one thing. The Packers will clinch the NFC North if they beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore this coming Sunday. Kickoff is at 325. Right now, it is looking like Lamar Jackson is going to be playing for the Ravens as he did have a high ankle sprain. Happened to him against the Cleveland Browns. Now, the Ravens still lost that game. Uh, They have not ruled Jackson out, but he did sit out for, what, half the game uh, in uh, Cleveland there. So a day after he sprained his right ankle, the Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said, and I quote, the plans are right now in my mind for Lamar to be out there and playing. So we'll see how the week goes. And if he can go, he'll go. If not, it'll be Tyler Huntley as their quarterback. And that is where the Baltimore Ravens are at. Now, Lamar Jackson sprained his right ankle, left the stadium in a protective boot, and he has never missed a game due to an injury in his four-year NFL career. He did miss some because of illness, but not because of injury. Uh, John Harbaugh also saying Jackson, I'm sorry, did I say high ankle sprain? High ankle sprain, just an ankle sprain, excuse me, because Harbaugh did say, that uh, he did not suffer a high ankle sprain, quote, which is good news. Well, yeah, for you guys. The Ravens now 8-5 and five lead the AFC North by one game and are looking to avoid their first three-game losing streak in over a year as uh, they welcome in the Green Bay Packers for that 325 kickoff. But yeah, if the Packers just get a victory, man, in Baltimore, the NFC North is theirs. I think no one is sweating bullets over the NFC North not belonging to the Green Bay Packers. In fact, if you go look at the... Uh, the playoff picture right now, they give their chances to make the playoffs and their chances to win the division. The Packers' chances of winning the division are 99.9%. Their chances of making the playoffs, 99.9%. I think we can uh, just about, we don't have to pencil them in. I think we can look and uh, use some pen, maybe some permanent marker, some Sharpie. Packers, anything but special teams. Abysmal. Matt LaFleur, after the Bears game, saying he was not going to be firing Mo Drayton. They're not going to be making any changes at head coach. Then Matt LaFleur went to the podium, or I'm sorry, at uh, special teams coordinator, not head coach. Matt LaFleur's not going to look in the mirror and fire himself when he's, what is he, 36 and 9, 39 and 6, whatever the hell he is. Uh, you go and look at, uh, and be 9. You go and look at what LaFleur had to say yesterday, or listen, I should say. Yeah, that's it gets pretty funny there. With those, oh, okay, that, well. In those tweets. We're on there, I'll, I'll look at it later. Sorry, we uh, RJ and I were <laughs> laughing at some some things on Twitter. Um, Twitter's <laughs> The commercial break just wasn't long enough. Best free app out there. So Matt LaFleur on the podium yesterday, and all of the reporters, you know, they they wanted their question answered. What are you going to do with special teams? Because the, the reporters, RJ, always say, what, they're the conduit of the fans. Yeah. And the fans also want the same thing answered. What are you going to do about the special teams of the Green Bay Packers? Matt LaFleur um, answers that, or tries to anyways. So here is uh, it's a long clip. I'll probably pause it a couple times. We'll react to it and then keep letting it play. Yada, yada, yada. Here is Matt LaFleur when asked, how bad was special teams coverage in the return teams as well? Mike Clemens, who sent me the clip, it's labeled uh, long. 33 minutes, 23 seconds, parentheses, great. This better be a blazer, a doozy from Matt LaFleur, Mike. All right, here is uh, LaFleur. Yeah, it was, there was a lot of critical mistakes, obviously. Um, you know, it, on kickoff, can't feel the, feel the ball that potentially could go out of bounds, and, and we get the ball backed up there on, like, the five-yard line, obviously. Uh, that was a, a critical mistake. Um, 
you know, the kickoff coverage. It just didn't do a very good job of. of it's, it's sorry, I'm going to pause it right away. It sounds like Matt Lafleur's brain is just spinning because there's so many things. Um, uh, you know when you uh, you know you want to say something, but there's so many things in your brain like trying to work out that like <laughs> I want him gone. <laughs> you're thinking of so many things, but you don't not know how to you know get it out of your mouth. That's yep. like what's happening to Matt Lafleur. It sounds like of playing certain blocks where we got uh, two guys basically in the same gap and. Um, gave up the two big returns, and then we tried to. The the, the other time that uh, we kicked the ball out of bounds, we tried to. Uh, the returner was cheating to our right, so Mason kicked it left, and he just, you know, pulled it a little too hard and went out of bounds. So they they got. I want to say their starting position on three consecutive drives was like the 42, the 40, and the 41 yard line. So. Um, I was pleased with it in the second half. We definitely we covered better. All right, real quick. Um, here, I'll give you the first half. First half summary of the Packers special teams. There was a 34-yard punt return allowed. Muffs kickoff at own five-yard line. That's when Malik Taylor ran out of bounds. A 40-yard kickoff return was allowed. Then there was a kickoff out of bounds. Then a 97-yard punt return touchdown allowed. And then a 42-yard kickoff return allowed. RJ, that was literally the first half against the Chicago Bears. Yep. Wow. Uh, here's more from the floor. Our guys did their responsibilities much better. Um, you know, punt. Uh, certainly, you know, Bojo's been a, a huge addition to us. He has been great. He did have, what, a 22-yard punt in that game? <laughs> um, yeah. But I think that there were, you know, anytime you, you got a returner like Grant out there, uh it's dangerous if you put the ball in the middle of the field. So we got to clean that up. Um, you know, just we knew this guy was going to take it from anywhere. And there, I think the first game that he was with Chicago, they played the Raiders. And shoot, he returned a punt from five yards deep in his own end zone. So, um, and, you know, that's kind of what happened on that 97-yarder for, for a touchdown where we just, we had, again, guys not – doing their responsibilities and um, leveling out on a backside and just and that that's the kind of things that can happen and when you're playing an explosive returner like that you need everybody to be perfect all right so on that return that you know that 97 yarder Aaron Rodgers had talked about it Matt LaFleur talking about it you know you, you never ever see a guy unless it's, he plays for the Packers special teams <laughs> get a punt on the five yard line right like right there by the end zone. Usually let that thing bounce out, and then you start at the 25, right? So they both talk about how I don't think I've ever seen a guy do that and then run all the way to one side and then completely reverse it, beat everyone, and then go 97 yards for a touchdown. That you never see, but that just goes to the ineptitude and how bad the Packers special teams is. Because RJ, both Rodgers said it, Matt LaFleur said it, you never see that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you never you see that, why do we see it? Probably because they're stink. <laughs> oh my God! All right, here's more. And unfortunately, we weren't we weren't perfect, and we were far from perfect. So there was a and then punt return. Real quick, not only did the Packers allow that to happen, but RJ, that was the first punt return of the NFL season. Correct. And the first punt return of the NFL season was one that both. Quarterback and head coach say, we've never seen anything like that before. 
The first punt return of the season was something that's so outlandish and so bizarre, yet the Packers special teams gave it up. Yep. That, that's It boggles the mind. I mean, you know, Amari, uh, he, muffed, he muffed the one punt. And I'll tell you what, when you look at that play, though, watch Rasul Douglas and how he baited the gunner to run directly out of bounds without touching him. Uh, that was just a, a very savvy play by uh, such a pro. And- now, just because okay. you put your hands up in the air doesn't mean you didn't force the guy out of bounds. <laughs> and it also doesn't mean the guy didn't try to get back in right away. Just- that was a blown call by the refs. I will say that. Okay, so um, I get accused, especially from Dave from Monona. Of always like blaming the rest for things, I will say the Chicago Bears got absolutely screwed and jawed by the refs on that call. Yeah, that should have been the Bears. Ball. I'll I'll take it though. Yeah, as a, as yeah, a Packers fan, I'll take, I'll, it all, take it. I'll take it all day. But, but that should have been the Bears ball. Just that is being attention to detail, and that is taking the coaching, knowing that that guy had a tendency of doing that and kind of drawing that penalty because obviously that was a pivotal penalty in the game, and you got to give Mari credit for going back there again and fielding the next punt. When they put him back there again, I literally said... Yeah, it was like, what are you doing? I I looked at the TV and I go, they're putting him back out there after he muffed that? They're literally actually putting him back out there? And they did. I guess who else were they going to do? Yeah. Everyone's hurt. And Devontae Adams was asked after the game, would you go back to do it? He goes, no. And I don't know what he returned for, like eight yards or whatever it was, but just... (laughs) The resiliency we talk about of being able to average. bounce back from mistakes. Cause okay, they talk about resiliency for uh, Amari Rodgers. Yeah. Every time Amari Rodgers is back there fielding a punt, I cringe. I think everybody does. The dude can't hang on to the ball. No. I know I, I know resiliency is getting back out there and, you know, if you fall <laughs> down on your bike, you get back up, you keep riding it when you're, you know, getting your training wheels off. But my God, this dude's training wheel's been off for a long time, and he keeps falling off his bike, RJ. Every time he's out there, he <laughs> he like bobbles it, he muffs it, he fumbles it. Uh, every time Murray Rogers is out there, I, I cringe. Yeah. All right, there's like 30 <laughs> seconds left of this clip. None of us are exempt from mistakes. We're all going to make them, myself more than anybody. So um, you just got to be resilient, and you got to learn from your mistakes and move forward and, and can't have repeat mistakes. Okay, Matt LaFleur just said you have to be resilient, learn from your mistakes, and can't have repeat mistakes. Yet he keeps allowing the same guys game in and game out to go out there and keep making the same mistakes. Am I taking crazy pills? Am I <laughs> off on this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Am maybe, I? Maybe you are. In, in LaFleur's world, you are the one taking crazy pills. RJ, at the end, he says you can't keep making the same mistakes, and he keeps putting the same guys out there who make the same mistakes. I mean, it's all the same look, you know? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. You did it. I know, I turned left. <laughs> I feel like I'm Mugato here. <laughs> I feel like I'm Zoolander looking, you know, what is this, a house, of, what is this, a center for ants? But this he's, is a what is this a center for idiots? absolutely right. Is this a center for idiots? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> he's absolutely right. I don't know what the answer is, but LaFleur just said there, I mean, insane coach speak, but what LaFleur was talking about there, that ain't it. No. I know I know. it's resiliency to get back out there, to keep, you know, pick yourself up, but the same dudes keep making the same mistakes. Oh, my God. There's a reason why they're dead effing last in the NFL special teams.
Yep. RJ, RJ, RJ. What? What week are we in? Week 15? What just happened? Week 15? Yeah. As the season progresses, the goal would be to keep rising up in the rankings, rising up in the stats, right? Rising up in categories. Yep. Not the opposite. As the as the season progresses, if you keep going down, wouldn't that mean you keep making mistakes? The same mistakes? Yeah. They're thirty second in the league for overall special teams. Yeah, if you're if you're at that point, you might want to consider making some changes. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind or pee. You don't pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger, and you don't mess around with Jim. That's uh, from our guy Polly on Twitch. And Ben, you don't give Philadelphia fans batteries when Santa Claus is around. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't wear a Santa Claus outfit if you're going to be an absolute a-hole at a football game. because <laughs> uh, In Philly. Because <laughs> you're going to get pelted. Fair point. Man, I can't wait for Sunday. There's nothing as beautiful, and I know G-Dub, big football team fan, there's nothing as beautiful as when Washington people come down to Philly because the other rivalries the Eagles have, it's it's similar to the NFC North where when Lions or Lions fans come, it's not a big rivalry because the Lions suck. In the NFC East, it's weird that whenever Washington comes, there's just always a lot of violence in the stadium. Yeah. You woke up and you chose violence. And on the field. I saw one of the best football brawls of all time. What? Um, Nick. It was 2013. Nick Foles, uh, the, the Eagles went on to win the game. It was Chip Kelly's first year when we <laughs> thought he was the chosen one. Until you found out he's a fraud. Um, Nick Foles did go 27-2 and two that year, like the goat he is. Uh-huh. But he throws an interception, and we was far away from the play. A Washington defender did a disgusting crackback block on him <laughs> just, just to hit him. He, he wasn't even close to making a tackle. And Jason Peters, uh, he was the oldest left tackle in the NFL at this point. That was eight years ago. And he was still starting on Monday night somehow or Sunday. Jason Peters goes up to the guy and just rips his helmet off and just lands one right in his face. That's the smart thing to do. Oh, well, he's known as the bodyguard. When I see someone punch someone that has their helmet on, I'm like, you're an idiot. No. Like, you should be suspended at least one game for just being dumb. Yeah. You need to take the helmet off and then punch. He absolutely crushed him, and it, it, it was rightfully so. It was a disgusting, cheap shot on the quarterback. That's why he's called the bodyguard. Like, who's the Cowboys player that did it uh, protecting Dak on uh, Sunday? He punched someone with a helmet on. I'm like, you're an idiot. It's you, so dumb. You need to be suspended for just being an idiot. <laughs> Not because you're violent, just, you know, just yeah. being an idiot. Yeah, and don't do what Miles Garrett did either. Don't take the, no, no, no. Don't no. use the helmet as a weapon, and then we have to hear Chester say assault. <laughs> like, let's, let's pump the brakes on that. Uh, but I don't mind a little uh, throw down some fisticuffs. Uh, speaking of, um, you know, embarrassing someone and beating them down, Aaron Rodgers. We saw the belt be put on by what Robert Quinn after his first sack. He put the belt on in front of Aaron Rodgers. I saw a very interesting article from our friends in Game On, Wisconsin. I do some podcasts with them from time to time. Uh, good stuff. From my You're guy. a podcast guy. Well, they invite me on. They have a couple podcast ones uh, Lombardi's Bar which is mm. a Packers one and then a um the on t- off topic on brand show did I get that right I feel in once in a while when they need me but uh, they had a good article about uh Rodgers being mocked with the belt pre mock post mock Rodgers pre mock check this out so they go into the numbers Rodgers uh was Rodgers really better after the belt celebration was mocked and in short answer yes yes he was pre mock 
he completes 62.7% of his passes. And this has happened 14 times, Ben. They went back to every sack and found 14 instances where Rodgers was mocked after a sack with the belt. Pre-mock, 62.7% completion percentage. Post-mock, 67.2% completion percentage. Yards per attempt, pre-mock, 6.89 yards per attempt. Post-mock, 8.84. Touchdown percentage, pre-mock, 5.7. Post-mock, 9.5%. When Aaron Rodgers gets mocked, he gets pissed, and his numbers raise, not significantly, but slightly for some stuff, and then it definitely gets even bigger when he is on the road if he gets mocked. Um, I won't bore you with too much of it, but on the road, Rodgers goes from 6.84 to 9.3 yards per attempt, 5.1 to 9% on touchdown percentage pre- and post-mock. And on the road, his interception rate pre-mock 1.5, post-mock 0.8. Tugging on Superman's cape, then never bodes well for opposing teams. I don't buy it. You don't buy it? I'm not a buyer. You're not a numbers guy? So there's a difference between correlation and causation. I think it does correlate clearly to him doing better, but mm. you also have to realize that a lot of the times when he's getting mocked, it's very early in the game before Which is true. he gets going as a quarterback. Which is true. And then, does it play in? Maybe, but it's not Maybe. the end-all, be-all. It then, totally plays well, in. Well, some of the teams he's playing that mocks him then j- just suck. So yeah, I mean, I mean when it's the, the Bears, NFC North, the Lions, the Bears. When the Bears mock him every time, who's going to have trouble scoring against that team? So in those 14 instances, there was not a single instance where a team mocked the celebration twice in the same game. Only two teams mocked the celebration twice over this time frame. The Lions mocked it in Week 12 of 2011 and Week 13 of 2015, and that was the Mo- the miracle in Motown. So still, no wonder his numbers go up against the Lions. And one of your favorite teams is the Giants. Mocked it twice in the same season. Week 13 and the divisional round of the 2011 season. 2011. That's when... When the Giants yeah. won. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So So that might have worked out for him right there. Yeah. Correlation. Cor- Man, you try to have a fun little topic and Ben just got to rain on your parade. I, it's I, the Philadelphia dick or eelness in him coming up. I'm just saying how I feel. <laughs> like I, I, everybody, as soon as someone mocks the belt, they're so up in arms. Oh my God, how dare you do that? It's like, who cares? Uh, there was a time when the Bears did win a game, though, and mocked the belt. It was when gentle Joe Philbin was the head coach after Mike McCarthy had been fired and the Packers had given up on the season. Um, but other than that, when you mock the belt, and I do believe it does come into play for Aaron Rodgers. We know this guy still has a chip on his shoulder for Alex Smith being drafted in front of him. The belt celebration is one of the greatest in sports. Our guy J.A. Krebs says, I love the belt, but until he wins another Super Bowl, the belt should be gone. Tom Brady is the rightful belt holder. Now that is just hurts, but true. Uh, ben, did you have a favorite uh, like celebration in sports? Um I never cared for the guy just because he was a Viking. Well, I kind of liked him, though. I always kind of liked Jared Allen's, like, lasso. Like, yeah, that, that was do cool. The, the tie up after his sack celebration. Naturally a big fan of the Marshawn Lynch. Uh, the whole ma- grab the junk. Hold my dude. Yeah. Yeah, that was always a good one when he goes beast mode. Um, what did you think? Now, you're, I don't think you are born yet. What'd you, yeah, you definitely weren't born yet. But, Ben, I'm sure you've seen it. I was a big fan of Jonathan Taylor's go-to celebration, which is just hug all his offensive linemen. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen the replay, and he didn't really do it much. I think he only did it once. But Randy Moss mooning Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. 
Remember Joe Buck was uh, announcing that game. He's like, this is one of the most disgusting displays I have ever Which, seen. Then everyone started... <clears throat> Excuse me. Everyone started to hate Joe Buck after that. Yeah, it's like, what do you mean, dude? As a Packer then, fan, I thought it was awesome. I'm like, this is hilarious. The funniest thing is in interviews, people say some really disgusting things that have happened in the world and in humanity mm-hmm. to Joe Buck, and they're like, so you still think Randy Moss mooning Lambo is the worst thing you've ever yeah. seen? Uh, pretend moon, by the way. Uh, back to the Packers. You see what's hanging in the corner right there? Uh, can you can you read the name of the, the picture of the Packer? Yeah, it says Ebo, no, no. Madison, Wisconsin. No, no, right there. Not not the not the um, lanyard, Carhartt. Ben, <laughs> you, you try to have a fun topic. Gilbert Brown, the <laughs> grave digger, one of the greatest celebrations of all time. You sack the quarterback, Ben, and you go and dig the grave. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good one. And uh, do you remember? Do you remember Joe Horn? No. Should I? Do you remember? Well, maybe for his touchdown celebration, New Orleans Saints Superdome. Joe Horn scores a touchdown. He goes and runs to the field goal post, and you know the pad that covers the field goal post. Oh, underneath the field goal post. Oh, oh, the cell is the phone. cell phone. Yeah, I know that. And he pretends to call, and it was hilarious. That was one of the greatest ones. And I always like when um, Terrell Owens would kind of be a, a diva, which I mean, he's a diva when he stood on the Cowboys star. Mm-hmm. How great! How great was that? You're a T.O. guy. Yeah, and he got rocked. No, I'm not a T.O. guy. What? What do you mean? You didn't do an ab workout with him in his driveway? He's a diva. Well, I mean, he's a wide receiver. Of course he's a diva. Not no? a fan. Unbelievable, dude. Uh, ben, not a fan of the belt. Not a fan of T.O. It's not that I'm not a fan of the belt. I just think it's w- talked about too much. Like, it's definitely a cool celebration. And it, it's cool when he succeeds and does it. But it's I it, people focus on it too much. Like, who, who, well, awesome. who really cares? Packer fans. I know, but as, you live in Wisconsin, Ben. You got to know your audience. No, I just Come think on, it, I just think it goes a little too far. Uh, yeah, for the opposing teams who mock it, then Rogers goes and whoops some ass. Down the left side he goes. Grant, look at him go again down the sideline. Does he stay in bounds all the way? He will. Ninety-seven yards for a touchdown. <laughs> this is nuts. Certainly, the, the special teams uh, was was not good enough. But give give the Bears a lot of credit; they came ready to play. I absolutely love the old NFL films music. Uh, who would not love this Packers special teams? Mike is any coach associated with those old NFL films? They would be like, "What the hell is going on around here?" Shades of Islam yeah. party. What's up, Mike? Well, I, good morning, Ebo. I. Um... And this is going to be a focus on special teams. And if folks think that that's boring, um, ask Brandon Bostic how that worked out in the Ooh. NFC Championship Ooh. game. Mike, I tried to forget about that, but I, I also referenced it earlier today in the show. I feel like i got to drink an extra beer tonight or something because of it. Well, you know, an onside kick was uh, could have been a, a difference maker last night between the Rams and the Cardinals, which made me think about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, And somebody on ABC said that you know the last time the Cardinals actually – recovered an onside kick was 2008, I think, and I, I'm wondering if that was a game <laughs> against the Packers. But listen to this. Sunday night, NBC, Sunday night football, Packers at home against the Bears. Uh, they fired their, you know, offense, their special teams coordinator last year. They said that they would focus on special teams in the offseason. They knew they needed to improve that to get to the next level in the playoffs. In that game against the Bears, they had a 34-yard punt return allowed. They gave up a 42-yard kickoff return. They gave up a 40-yard kick return. 
They had a kickoff that went out of bounds. They had a muffed kick out, kickoff headed out of bounds to give the offense a start at the Green Bay 5-yard line on top of the 97-yard punt return for a touchdown, and that all happened in the first half of the game. <laughs> That's how bad it was on Sunday night. Now, Jakeem Grant Sr., number 17 for your Chicago Bears, was at Texas Tech about three years ago. He wasn't going to get drafted, but he had a pro day. And um, officially the NFL said that his 40 time was a 4.38. But the scouts from the Saints swears he clocked him at a 4.1 in the 40. So the Packers knew that the Bears had some pretty good returners. I mean, I think this was the guy who returned one out of the end zone against the Raiders and took it to the house uh, the other day. Uh, so besides Jakeem Grant, uh, they also had uh, you know other good returns from Khalil Herbert, and I was impressed by that uh, little short touchdown pass run from Demir Bird. I mean, they got three really fast guys on that Bears team right now. You know, they're it's Nagy, you know, and Ryan Pace trying to look a little bit like some of the things that Andy Reid's got with the Chiefs. But I broke down the 97-yard return because you remember how. Uh, the punt lands, you know, about the two or three yard line. And remember how he went to his right a couple steps, yeah. then turned around and went left, and then took it up the left sideline right in front of the Bears, 97 yards on a punt return. So actually, if you still frame it, and I've got this, if you turn to your hymnals to Twitter and Mike Clemens NFL, I've got this thing freeze framed and put up on Twitter last night. You got Oren Burks, linebacker. You got uh, Ike Yedem, the backup defensive back who tries to chase this guy, and you can see he's trailing by 20 yards. You got Henry <laughs> Black, the backup safety. You got the long snapper in there. You got uh, Ty Summers, he's on the ground. Econina St. Brown, now they, they blocked him up. And then coming in off to the side and taking a really bad angle is uh, Tyler Davis, the backup tight end. So in other words, there's nobody in that group with speed. Nobody. No. And 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 they're all cl- you know clustered around him. There's that seven guys that are down there, and all taking bad angles on a guy with this blazing speed. You know, like Oren Brooks overshoots him because think about this now. Think think you're running down the middle of the field between the ashes. This guy is looking up. He catches the ball, and you know how fast he is. So he starts moving to your left. And if you're Oren Burks, is like, okay, I know how fast this guy, he's taking it up left. I better start running to my left just to try and chase this guy, you know, like you're chasing a rabbit. <laughs> well, what he doesn't take into account is this guy's got such blinding speed. If he stops and turns and goes the opposite direction, you've now committed to the left. So the first guy completely misses him. I mean, it was unbelievable. So after the game, I went over to the Bears' side, and, and I heard them ask Jakeem Grant, if that juke move he made to his right was planned on the 97-yard punt return? Um, honestly, um, I had no plan at all. Um, I caught the ball, and I was like, if you could see, I kind of like sat there for a second, and I went to the right, and I was like, oh, wait, there's too many people over here. And so <laughs> I seen um, my boy, D. Will, he always say, just find me, and I'm going to lead you to the promised land. And so 
as soon as like I kind of stopped and cut back, I seen him through the crack of everybody, and I was like, all right, get around the edge. And once I got around the edge, I was like, oh yeah, house call. And it's the punter. That's it. Okay, it's easy. So, oh uh, man, it was beautiful. So Mike, he wasn't thinking about doing it, but rumor was that he was humming Tom Petty's "Running Down a Dream" in his head, <laughs> the dream to get to the end zone, and he's got the Blazers' speed. That's it was uh, insane. It was the first punt return. The NFL the, highlights. The first punt return of the NFL season, correct? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is he also. You know, he talks about getting around the edge. That means the Packers had committed seven guys down there, all in, like, bad lanes for this, or a guy with this kind of speed. And, and, and with, you know, within, a, within the first second or two of the run, he'd blown past seven of 11 guys, you know? I just <laughs> – so Matt LaFleur, <laughs> you know, insane. was asked, all right, because you know, LaFleur talks a lot about placement of the ball, and they love Corey Bohorquez. You know, they love the, you know, the high kicks, the directional kicks, those kinds of things. So he's asked, where did you want that ball punted when, you know, Grant took off for 97 yards? No, I thought, I thought the ball placement was good. We could have had a little bit more hang time. I mean, he took it from the three-yard line, Rob. Like, not many guys are going to do that. Most pe- people teach you don't feel that ball. Um, but when you got a special talent like that, you can field it wherever you want to field it because he's just so explosive and we just got to do a better job um certainly i think we definitely could have had a more hang time on that uh, but just our guys got to do a better job in their coverage responsibilities i don't know how matt lafleur goes to the podium yesterday mike and like you know when he starts first started talking about special teams, it's like he wanted to say so many different things, but had so many ideas and thoughts in his head, it was hard to come out of his mouth because there's so many problems. Once upon a time, about four or five years ago, you know Bill Belichick, you know, his press conferences or answers like, we're on to Cincinnati, right? Yeah. But they may have been having some problems with their punt game. And so just to show off, just to maybe shut up the media... Somebody asked him about, you know, punting strategies, and Bill went on this five-minute rant that sounded like it was right out of the encyclopedia on how to punt in the NFL. Did you ever, did you ever see that story? I no, mean, it, I need to go but, find it, though. Well, what it is, yeah, if you Google it, you know, Bill Belichick on punting, it's unbelievable. And then he, at the end of it, he just smiled like, okay, you know, that kind of Cheshire cat yeah. grin because – it's like, oh, my God. And when I think about that, sometimes I wonder if young Matt LaFleur, maybe he needs to pick up his game in special teams, you know? Yeah. That it's got to come from the coach to be asking questions, uh, more intelligent questions or challenging the special teams coordinator. Like, have we thought of this? But I'll tell you, here's the other thing. When I name off that play, you're going against a guy who might have 4-1 speed, and you know you've seen on tape – how fast he can go, number 17 from the Bears, you're sending Oren Burks. <laughs> you know, you're sending the long snapper. You got Ty Summers on the ground. Where's the speed on your coverage team? It's on the sidelines. You're the two fastest guys on your team are Eric Stokes and MVS. And back in the day, you know, when McCarthy was starting out, Ted got him a kid that was undrafted, out of Louisiana Tech, and I saw this blur, number 38, on a play like that, catch this guy from behind and bring him down. I think it was in the, against the Saints at the Superdome. And he made such big plays on special teams, they started giving him a look on defense. And his name was Tremont Williams. 
Yeah, he was and you good. also had Sam Shields, and then you also had a guy who really wasn't very very good at coverage, but he really was good for a number of years on special teams as a gunner, as the first guy down there, as a sure tackler, and his name was Jarrett Bush, and I think that Goody, you know, and LaFleur need to get out some of that tape and say to themselves, "Who's our speed guy? One, I, we just need one guy, <laughs> you know, with some speed." The next time you come up against a challenge like that, so LaFleur you know, was asked by Rob Domofsky, you know, the Bears, you knew the Bears had good returners. Shouldn't you try to kick away from them or maybe a squig, squib kick on the kickoffs? Yeah, I mean, you can go back in hindsight, 20 is twenty twenty, right? But uh, certainly we don't want to hit line drives in the middle of the field. That's um, not what we're trying to do, so... I know, but there's a strategy, right? I mean, isn't there? Yeah, it's called it's directional punting, and sometimes it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. It just, like I said, nobody's nobody's perfect, and Bojo's been so good for us all season long. So, I, I'm we're lucky to have a guy like that. Yeah, no one's saying they're missing J.K. Scott yet, are they, Mike? No, no, no one's saying that. <laughs> no, well, that's, no. well, that's good. We haven't hit rock bottom then. No, because they don't think the kicks are the problem. Aaron Rodgers, though, you know, he's going to be coming up with crummy. Listen, Aaron Rodgers knows special teams can kill you, particularly when you get in the playoffs. And Rodgers was asked after the game what he thought. I mean, I don't know. I don't watch the special teams film, so I won't be looking at that uh, tomorrow from my sideline vantage point. You know, they got a couple of talented returners. I mean, Grant is electric, and, and we knew it. I mean, you don't see many guys. I've never seen a guy return a punt out of the end zone, but he did. And the touchdown that he had, I mean, he caught it. It was, what, 97 or 98 yards? I mean, it's he's a special, dynamic player. Uh, so we knew we had to, get, you know, get our gunners down on him and, and punt the ball in a certain spot. But even when you do sometimes, you pin him back inside the five, and he's stumbling, you know, Great players can can make plays like that. Um, but we need to clean some things up for sure. You know, Chicago has had an up-and-down season. Obviously, they wouldn't be considered a great team at this point. But when you're playing great teams and, and the kind of football we're going to be playing here over the next month, uh, we need to be a lot more sound in that phase of the game. Yeah, he's totally right, Mike, especially when you get to those playoffs because you got to be good in all three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams. And right now the Packers – are just about dead last, if not dead last, according to the football focus of their special teams unit. That's a tough scene. It seemed like the coverage was picking up recently. And then Rasul Douglas, who, you know, I noticed that 29 was not out there. They brought him out later in the game, and he made this brilliant play, which, again, part of the thing about Rasul Douglas, the word on this guy is he studies the film. Yeah. I mean, he, he knows what's going. He's anticipating routes. He's even anticipating things he sees on special teams. You know, he did this brilliant job of forcing this one guy down and coverage the other, you know, coming down the field on the sidelines, which saved them on that play when uh, uh, Amari Rodgers muffed that, that kick, remember? Oh, yeah. And, and the Bears recovered. It looked like they could have taken it in touchdown. Had it out for the brilliant, heady play that Rasul Douglas had made. Um, the, you know, the Packers wouldn't have got that back. Rasul was asked, why was he only on the coverage teams like a couple times in the Bears game? Yeah, well, I mean, um, previous weeks I played every special team. So okay. I played all the special teams and I played all the defense. Um, so it's just this week happened to be where I wasn't on as much special teams as I am I usually on, but I usually play all the special teams. 
So, Rasul Douglas has to be doing just about everything, Mike. Is it going to be all hands on deck here? Are we going to have starters like, you know, a Devontae Adams coming in to play special teams to help the Packers? Well, you know, who do you trust back there when it comes to returners right now? Because, you know, Kylan Hill was doing a pretty good job on kick returns. Malik Taylor, he tried to earn that job last year as a kick returner and as, you know, as a backup wide receiver, but he got hurt again. He missed like a, a month or so with an abdomen injury, and then he exited the game again Sunday night, and the listing was abdomen, so I don't know if he re-injured that. Um, and then, you know, Amari Rogers, I don't know if you can trust that kid right now the way it is. You put in Randall Cobb, he muffed one before he went down yeah. with the core muscle injury and had surgery, and, you know, he's he'll be out eight weeks, man. He's going to be out eight weeks. Damn. Um, so Devontae Adams was asked, hey, you know, LaFleur just said he might have to start bringing in the veterans. Uh, would he want to return punts, let's say, in a playoff game? Would I want to? No. <laughs> could I? I, th- I believe I could do that. I, um, pretty good in open field. You got to catch some punts. It just depends on, on how it's coming. I don't, I've been caught a punt since my rookie year, so um, definitely not uh, looking forward to doing that. Hopefully we can lock it in on special teams and, and guys can just step up and do what they got to do and, and handle it. But um, in an emergency it could happen, you know. Stay tuned. We'll see. Has that conversation happened at all? I make jokes about it all the time, and and Woody just give me this in practice, like backup. You don't need to, don't even play like that. So I don't think they'll let me. But um, if I sneak out there, they'll have to call a timeout, and I don't think they want to do that. So that may be that may be coming up. I could not imagine Devonte Adams being out there and then getting smoked on the special teams, and then he's uh, coming up gimpy for you know being on offense. That would just be not good. Obviously, no, no not at all. So um, this this Aaron Rodgers doppelganger guy that was in the stands, and then NBC did a split screen of him and the real Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines during the game. Did you happen to see that? I did. I didn't. I honestly didn't think the guy looked like Aaron. I mean, I guess, but I think I had to be about ten, you know, old fashions deep to think it would look like him. But I, I could see the resemblance. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of I glanced at it, you know, on the monitor from the press box, and then somebody. You know, posted it, but I heard some story. There's a woman named Sarah, and her family was at the game from Janesville, and they were out at the you know the tailgate building outside the parking lot. And this guy comes walking by, and everyone's looking because they're doing double takes because they think is Aaron Rodgers <laughs> walking around before the game. And she said, I, I got a selfie with the guy. And we chatted with him for a minute or two. That he's with two two other people that she said they were speaking some foreign language, like maybe Russian or something, but Ooh. she kind of got the feeling like... like a it was hacker. A, like, well, or no, it was kind of a setup, like a publicity stunt or something. I mean, like, he was he was there to be seen, you know? Yeah. And he was taking selfies with people as he yeah. walked through the parking lot. He was kind of on a... I don't know. I just I was wondering if you'd seen anything online. I haven't, Mike, but a little Russian. Privyat Koktela Nazdarovia. We got to ask him a little bit. Is he coming into Hack Lambeau Field? If that's the case. I don't know. I don't. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who the guy is. I'm just kind of curious about it. But <laughs> I'll look into it. I don't know. I'll look into it though. I'm very intrigued. Yeah. In the meantime, I think we talked to the real Aaron Rodgers after the game, <laughs> uh, and to me, I thought the game, uh, the turnaround was first of all the Packers come out in the second half, 75 yard drive score a touchdown, and then um, the Bears get the ball, and and Preston gets that ball out of Justin Fields' hands. Uh, Rashawn recovers, gives the short field to the Packers, I think, down to the 23, and on the very first play, bingo. 
I see Rodgers, you know, drop back, and he looks to his left, and what I couldn't get over was Aaron Jones, 33, the running back, just kind of floating downfield a little bit between the corner and I think a safety, but he found this little open pocket. Rodgers looks to his left and finds him and throws this perfect little touch pass over that, and I thought, I haven't seen that play in practice before or or them ever run it in a game like that. Look, I wonder if they're drawing this up in the sand or something they did at halftime or whatever. And then I looked up, you know, I saw Nathaniel Hackett going crazy in the press box. So the first thing is we asked Aaron Rodgers, you know, he said that the toe was really hurting, that, that maybe they had a setback um, after the Bears game, far worse than what it was after the Rams game. So we asked him about the toe uh, after the game. Yeah, I can't make that call right now. We're going to look at it tomorrow, uh, do a film, and, and uh, I mean that that would be last uh, last resort for sure. But I got to see uh, what kind of setback it was tonight. Aaron to come out in the second half with a seventy-five yard drive and then capitalize after Preston and Rashawn with the turnover. That that ball to Aaron Jones, how unique was that play? Because Nathaniel Hackett, they showed him jumping up and down the press box. <laughs> That was not where the ball was supposed to go, and that was not in the play at all. Uh, there was a play in the preseason in 2005, playing Buffalo, and Farvey had a keeper to the right and threw it back to Amon Green, who just happened to be kind of, you know, trotting down the left sideline. And I remember how cool that was and how he, the hell he even got back to, to Amon in that game. And that was what happened on this one. The play was for Big Dog. For Devante, uh, it was a really well uh, contrived play that they came up with this week, and I really felt like that Big Dog was going to get the touchdown. Um, but as I rolled out, they doubled Big Dog, and and Tay was covered, and the slide was covered, and I just happened to peek back and see kind of Aaron Jones just kind of taking it down the left side, and he turned it up, and right when I was about to throw it, about to release it, I saw kind of a flash of a guy from the left. So I just threw it a little bit higher and softer than I was thinking about throwing it a split second before. But that was not the play call. But uh, we laughed about uh, about on the sidelines for sure and glad it worked out like that. Look at you, Mike, getting that answer out of him. Love it, dude. Well, I, he's, he, I mean, you know, with all the stuff that's going on this year and the things that he says and all that, at the end of the day, though, the guy's vision on the field is just, Unbelievable, and then he brings up the thing about Amon Green. It's like, as he's saying, I'm like, okay, 2005. Yeah, Mike Sherman's last year. He had joint practice with the Bills. That's all I got. I mean, I sure as <laughs> heck don't remember Favre dumping off a ball to Amon Green on the left hand side. Like, oh my God, this guy. Yeah, he's something, isn't he? I had a show with Amon Green a couple of years back, Mike. I don't even know if Amon would remember that. He, he I don't know. Stuff. I don't think Amon even rem- remembers no, it. I don't think Amon remembers it either. They have to show him a video of it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he's too busy in video games. Mike, we love your stuff, man. We'll follow along. Mike Clemens, NFL, checking out when you did the still shot of uh, you know Grant getting there uh, with the punt return and just shaking my head all over again. But thankfully, the Packers won, and you continue to win on these airways, Mike. You're the man. Thanks for your time, Mike. Appreciate it, Ebo. See you, See you Mike. There he is. Mike Clemens, NFL on Twitter. Good stuff there. Uh, from our guy Clemens.